Welcome to On Call, a podcast all about the world of spiritual care. Each episode will host insightful conversations from practitioners in the field of providing spiritual care. I'm your host, Matthew Coulomb, and in today's episode, I'm excited to welcome Deb Kirkpatrick, Spiritual Health Practitioner at Misericordia Hospital, Edmonton. We are going to explore with Deb how expressive arts can be used within spiritual care. With over 28 years experience in acute care and over 10 years experience of learning and incorporating expressive arts into her practice, Deb will inspire you to explore this area of spiritual care. Let's jump right in. Well, welcome everybody again to another week of On Call. And uh, this week I have a wonderful opportunity to interview uh, Deb Kirkpatrick. Sorry, I got that name wrong there. (laughs) And uh, I actually had an opportunity to uh, work alongside Deb uh, in my first CPE unit at the Misericordia Hospital. And uh, uh, back in the day when you could still sit around a lunch table and eat, (laughs) I got the opportunity to uh, always get to interact with Deb. She always had the best lunches, I got to say. Um, but uh, it was a great opportunity to meet uh, another SHP who I have always seen has been a very much a creative person, a person who really leans into different expressive arts. And so, Deb, I'm so, so happy you've joined me today. Well, it's, it's my pleasure, Matthew. I appreciate the invitation to have a chance to talk about these things with you. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. First awesome. time on a podcast. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> first time for all of us, eh? There we yeah. go. So my first question um, is this. The arts in its many forms are powerful mediums to help move the spirit. I, wanna, I would love to hear how you've embraced different tools in your work as an SHP. Okay. Well, I'm assuming you mean expressive arts-ish type of tools when you ask that question. And uh, I guess I began uh, exploring, studying, and uh, taking courses in the expressive arts for uh, over 10 years now. And uh, in that time, learned much about, um, are there many things within the expressive arts discipline that I could bring into my work as a chaplain? There was lots and lots of overlap, which was very exciting for me to discover. And um, I think the one of the main things, uh, one of the things that expressive arts does is it invites you to um, enter into a process without worrying about a product. So, so it's not about teaching a particular art style or art modality. It's about entering in, in order to either discover something about yourself or in order to express something that's inside of you, that that's its purpose. And um, knowing what we do as spiritual health practitioners, um, providing opportunity for self-reflection and or self-reflection, self-expression is is really central to what we do. And the second thing about expressive arts is that it, it moves from one art modality to another to another uh, like this in a line so that you can move deeper and deeper into that self-knowledge. Wow. So the, the challenge for me was how to how do I integrate that into my expressive or into my uh, spiritual care practice? And um, yeah, so I was uh, delighted or interested to know that I, I have already used the creative arts without 
without that um, study, you know, I think anytime we offer uh, a closing prayer uh, for a situation uh, with somebody, we are we are using our creative imagination to to write a poem. You could call it mm. a poem. Um, anytime that we bring a, a piece of music that strikes us or feel, that we feel is, would be good for a patient to listen to or as one of their favorites, we're using, of course, the music. So in some ways, there's been that all along. But what I've been able to do now is um, include a lot more modalities and also be more intentional about moving from one to another to another. Mm -hmm. So that instead of just bringing a poem that I think might suit somebody because of what they've talked about, um, I might be able to find a way to encourage them to write their own poem. And then after that, perhaps make an image um, about it and then do some journaling about it. So there's this sequence that allows for a deeper and deeper, um, uh, I guess I call it a door into the soul journey. You know, you open the door and invite someone to, to go through it, to, mm. to learn more about themselves or about their relationships with others or a relationship with that which is bigger than us. Um, can happen through these modalities. So, so yeah, I do use music. I lead a hymn sing, and I uh, have facilitated the labyrinth for for years now. But I also now add a, an art making component to that, either before or after the use of poetry and journaling afterwards. So there's there's ways to to um, to go deeper. Um, I use um, yeah, I have an art cart uh, that I, pre-COVID times, I would bring with me. And so sometimes it would make sense to bring the, the paints out and uh, in the middle of a conversation and, you know, well, what would, what kind of colors are those feelings that you're talking about and put colors on the page and, or sometimes we'd take turns or, uh, it all depended on what was happening, but it gave me the freedom to introduce a number of different kinds of things into the setting there. Um, another wonderful modality that I love very much is, is um, the integrative community drum circle mm -hmm. training that I've done. Um, and it is, it's using, it's using the sense of rhythm and what happens uh, if you provide the conditions of safety and invite people to join in and it is the, helping them find their own sense of rhythm and uh yeah that's that's also very very exciting oh yeah that's probably enough I, <laughs> in terms well, of the different no, modalities i yeah. think it's i think it's fantastic i remember the drum circle i i got to participate you got to join yeah us? i did oh, it yeah. once and i remember yeah. exactly thinking because uh, i love music but i wouldn't say that i play music um, yeah. as much and so I remember just having to lean into the moment and let mm -hmm. yourself just be and drum the way you want to drum and 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 you kind of got strength from others as well as you watched others just engage in themselves and and not yeah. not be too worried about how you sound or what you think it looks like yeah and yeah. um yeah, it was interesting from my own perspective, but also to watch others, some of the patients that came that day and watching them experience it and 
and lean into it and almost in, in a way, I don't want to say forget about what was going on, but it did give them a sense of, of relief. And it, it, it gave them, I don't know, you could see them smiling as they left and you could see yeah. like it had really did minister it spoke to them right yeah and so I think yeah. that was really yeah. really quite powerful yeah yeah but yeah. I love I love how you talk about those two pieces being don't just use a modality and then walk away but use modality while at the same time furthering that discussion by maybe using another one like mm-hmm. you said go into journaling or go into this um mm-hmm. But to keep it going, and I think that that's mm-hmm. a that's a really I I never really thought of that, and I thought that's a really neat way to, you know, as as especially within the world of CPE, is that continually yeah. going deeper. There's always yeah. a little bit more, and another modality can often, you know, as you say, get away from thinking I need to produce something yeah. to just being and letting that letting that self reflection yeah. happen, right? Yeah, yeah, and and you can see that our our training. As, as practitioners with uh, the sense of, um, you know, providing a safe open space for whatever to come without judgment. Mm-hmm. It's just a natural, that's one of those natural overlaps between the expressive arts and, and what we do as chaplains. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, that's wonderful. wonderful. Yeah. Well, how about this one? For those entering the world of spiritual care or CPE, what would be your top three nuggets of wisdom in regards to providing creative spiritual care and you could label that and uh, kind of have fun with that but um, yeah I see you as a person who provides creative spiritual care so yeah what would be your top three nuggets yeah well I think one really important question is to ask yourself what makes this spiritual care and not arts and crafts Mm, good okay yeah so that's that's um really important to remember that you're there to support this client as a chaplain and bring those relational skills of attention and acceptance to the other, um, a response that moves the other to deeper reflection and inner resources. So the creative arts are not used as a diagnostic tool or a recreational tool, right? The, the purpose, uh, for use within spiritual care is to nudge nudge that journey that that deeper journey of self-reflection and and um self-acceptance yeah Yeah, so that would be one second one i have thought about these (laughs) (laughs) the second one is just because you've learned a very cool creative process doesn't mean it's the right thing to offer a patient and I, I had to learn this pretty quickly because I was taking workshops and courses and there are so many cool ways of, of using the different modalities and moving from one to the other to the other. And I discovered pretty quickly that most patients in the acute care setting do not have the stamina or the energy to enter into this process for very long. Right. And, and just because I think it will be neat um, and that I know it's good and I know they'll learn something from it doesn't mean that that's really the right thing to do. So just like in all the other discernments as chaplains regarding what we say, how long we stay, you know, whether we, whether we ask about family or not or all of that, it's, it, this, you have to use all of those skills. 
mm-hmm. when you're considering bringing another another art thing in. I mean, the wonderful thing is, is if you bring something in and it's not the right fit, the, a, a patient will let you know pretty quick and you just need to let it go then. Right. right? Just like, you, you know, you might offer uh, a question about something thinking, that area is going to be very rich for the patient to talk about and they just shut it down and go somewhere else. It, it would be like that. So it, it's not that, that uh, uh, harm can, can happen, especially if you're really quick to read the signs that it's not good for them, mm-hmm. but it just does, does uh, we still do have to use the discernment that, that we're developing as, as spiritual health practitioners. Yeah. 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 And then here's the third one never offer a creative process to a client that you yourself have not experienced or explored. Okay, interesting. And it's difficult to guide somebody on a terrain that you've never walked. Right. Yeah, yeah. For example, how can you support a patient facing a blank white page and feeling nervous if you have also not faced a blank white page felt nervous and dealt with some of the resistances that might come up or some of the issues that might come up for, for anybody. So you can support uh, a patient through that. So that is a real caution uh, too, about, about uh, yeah, having, having, having experienced and explored the terrain yourself. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. I think those things are, I think that's really helpful because, you know, there's a sense that you need to kind of walk through that type of process and experience it for yourself because, you know, you can read about something or Mm -hmm. watch it being done, but to experience it, even kind of like what we said about the drum circle, you know, for me, it was different experiencing that. And then, you know, if I were ever to refer somebody to that, you know, you could say, well, you know, I've experienced it and this is what it was like for me to, because there are some of those reservations that we have, especially yeah. with creative processes, right? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 We get, yeah. Yeah. But it's also just, yeah. Knowing what you want to, knowing what you're going to talk, like knowing what you're going to talk about. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to validate somebody's experiences as normal um, and normalize it, you know, but you haven't, you won't even know what they are to normalize if you haven't done it yourself. Right. Or to validate if you haven't done it yourself. You can guess. um, So you're based, you're advocating for us as uh, CPE students to give these things a try, right? I mean, experiential learning at its best, right? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Try it out and and see, see how it fits and how it speaks to you. And yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. I have to laugh because um, this leads into my third question, but I uh, came across a modality called um, the person called them holy listening stones. I don't think you need to use the word holy. I think you can just use listening stones, but um, basically it's a pile of stones and each one has its own um, different symbol on it. And you just use these symbols as a way to bring in a greater discussion. And I, so I, I really appreciate what you said about the idea of we're not here to provide craft time or we're not here to just, no. you know, recreation. We're, we're here to use a modality for the purpose of spiritual care to, mm-hmm. to open up that door, as you say. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, so I, I developed my own set of stones mm-hmm. and um, watched my daughter, you know, my daughter who's eight kind of looking over my shoulder going, what are these, you know? And so uh, 
I tried them out on her. She loved them. So I thought, okay, it works with kids. So that was good. Um, But then I brought them into the hospital and um, tried them with one patient that I would, I had hoped would work. And um, it just totally did not work. And so your comment about things, not the patient, not responding, you have mm-hmm. to learn to just roll with it and go, you know what? Okay, yeah. this didn't work and let's go yeah. into something else, right? Yeah. yeah. And so um, that was interesting. But then I did try it again. I had to got a little bit more nerve later on in my unit uh, yeah. to try it again with a patient who was struggling to, not to talk, but struggling to put together how they felt about their stroke. Right. And so I remember putting, ask them, can I use, can we use these? And they said, yes, and put these stones out before them. And yeah. It was interesting. She chose three stones to kind of talk about her journey and Fantastic. it yeah. really opened up a door for me yeah. to really validate. And so I, I yeah. really appreciate how you said it because I think uh, in this case, she was a very science, she had been a doctor, a medical doctor her whole life. Mm-hmm. So very scientific, very yeah. seeing the world all in measurements, right? Right, right. And here she was facing potential move into long-term care and was unable to, you know, you yeah. asked her about that. She just didn't know what to say yeah but the symbols helped her communicate a bit yeah yeah you know so it was it was interesting so that leads into my next question then um sometimes the creative arts or these methods can be a little bit scary for a new practitioner (laughs) (laughs) and so what would you say to a new or developing shp about exploring and uh, broadening their perspective in this practice Yeah. yeah well I guess I, I would encourage taking expressive arts classes or workshops or offerings. There's lots online now that's out there. Um, you can look for, I just, I just participated in one this weekend oh. where it was a two and a half hour session on Saturday and a two and a half hour session on Sunday and it was free. And oh. it was, and it was uh, guided in a lovely way and um yeah, this, this person, so, so I got to experience it myself and I came away with my own um, deeper knowing of my own self mm. worked, was exploring something that I, that I'm wrestling a bit with. So I used the opportunity to do that. And the more I take those and the more I do the experience, the creative experiences, the more I realize that it's a very trustworthy experience and and I don't have to force it on anybody or anything that there's power in the experience. Right. And um, so I would I would, uh, yeah, suggest looking for opportunities to, to do that. Mm-hmm. And um, and then the second thing is to bring the kind of um, unconditional positive regard that you would bring to anybody to your own self. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm as you as you begin to explore and and uh, experiment like i think what you described about your holy listening stones you know is is exactly um the kind of process that working with an expressive arts uh, modality is like with somebody is you know you begin somewhere with somebody and and you're attentive to the moment and you're attentive to the process and you and you try it out and there's no there's no right or wrong Right. And if there's no right or wrong, it's not wrong to say, oh, this isn't the right time. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. right? It's just it's just one of the things that happens. And and you can see that it has forced you 
in this situation to listen more deeply to what's going on inside of you as you as you uh, are paying attention to the process that so you, you're getting messages that saying this isn't the right time. Mm-hmm. He's not he's not grabbing one or whatever it is like sometimes it's so obvious but yeah so so there's a learning a, a trust and acceptance of oneself mm. in the process as you explore and read up and try and experiment mm-hmm. yeah i mean you you know you, um i've i've made stones did i have my stones when you were here matthew i, I don't, don't remember I don't, if i did i don't think so but i mean we may not have did, just not come yeah, up right yeah and that's okay um but i you know when i was making them i i asked anybody and everybody to try them out right right as part of experimenting and learning that's part of the yeah uh and seeing what would happen and mm. yeah it's, yes it's it's a it's a neat thing to just go out and and try it but they're really i mean the discipline of expressive arts has so much to teach us in right. chaplaincy really i mean there's so much overlap and um and there is there is something that uh that I found so very helpful in my work as a chaplain mm. from the expressive arts that that just opens up everything. <laughs> I like how you I like how you say that they overlap because I think that there's a sense that we like like I said you can come up to you can come into a patient's room and you be you're there to support them but you're coming up against a wall and it's not so much that it's that they don't want to go there they just are struggling to Mm -hmm. to go there right to to maybe express that or maybe they don't even really know and I think I love what you said about the expressive arts can just be that opportunity and the the word that keeps coming to me is playfulness but not so much in the sense of we're not trying to do something of value but it's just we're arriving at that through a playful attitude and that's what I felt like when I used the stones with the one patient who who accepted them was that she kind of leaned into that playfulness and it yeah. opened up and it wasn't yeah. like we weren't doing much. She just had to choose a couple stones. It wasn't yeah. a really big thing, but it, it did open up the door. And then the next time I went, I noticed we had a different rapport because yeah. we had shared a moment together yeah. that was cool. a bit beyond just a conversation. Right. That's so cool. Yeah. One of my expressive arts uh, teachers talks about uh, deep play Mm. Uh, and and deep play is something that nurtures interesting yeah, yeah the concept yeah. of play and and there is sort of an openness and a curiosity and um a uh yeah a curiosity and um well i guess a lightness in a way um where play when you play you can take something back and put something else out you know like there's no right. you're not you're not locked into something you can you can rearrange it or you can have a second try or mm-hmm. uh, when I use my stones and someone grabs a handful and I, they look at the the words on there and I said if you don't like those words you can throw them back right they got a different like you don't yeah, you're not yeah. you're not stuck with any that's the playfulness of them and then they get the idea oh this is this really does have to meet something in me and if it doesn't I can put them back right right it's really fun that way yeah Yeah. that's so I don't know it it really resonates with me that that sense of of and and what we need that when we're in the hospital or in care do you know what I mean so much has been taken away because of of the of where we are and so playfulness 
I think, yeah. it, you know, I, I was even studying this unit about positive psychology and how okay. the idea of really not just being positive, more than that, positive psychology is this idea about really allowing those positive emotions to to kind of grow them and to, to actually sit with that emotion because we oft, they, they've done studies that we quickly move past our positive emotion into our negative emotions again, okay, right? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah so, makes sense. So sometimes I think the expressive arts does kind of at times help you to sit in that moment and mm -hmm. because you're exploring it further mm -hmm. too, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's really, really yeah. interesting. So yeah. This yeah. next question, Deb, is my, my favorite. I'm asking every person I interview because <laughs> I, I know that for so many of uh, the individuals I interview, you guys have touched and ministered and spoken and engaged with so many people over the years. Yeah. And so I would love to know about a patient that's touched your heart or a patient that changed your practice. And of course, those could be connected. Yeah. This is a hard one after almost 30 years of seeing patients. How could I pick? How could I pick you a could patient? Do, I, I did interview somebody earlier uh, this week who said, you know what, I'm doing two. They, <laughs> they, they kind of <laughs> own that. But uh, yeah, I'll let you share. Yeah, yeah. Well, one did come quickly to mind. And um, uh, I was called to go, so it was a referral from staff, and they asked me to come and see this patient who was going to be moving to uh, palliative care, probably to the Grey Nuns Hospital, and I was to come and uh, provide support. So uh, when I got to the room, the patient was already on the stretcher, mm -hmm. already on his way to being transferred. But the, uh, the ambulance guys just stopped and let me say hello. So I didn't, I didn't know this guy. He didn't know me. You know, there's no time for rapport building. There was, there was very, very little of anything except for I, I looked at him and I said, hi, I'm, I'm Deb from Spiritual Care. And uh, he said his name. And I said, I understand you're on your way to the palliative care unit. And he nodded yes. And I, I just felt in... I just, can I, can I give you a blessing? He said, okay. And so I just held my hand over his heart. And I said, with all the presence that I could muster, um, you know, may your heart be open. And he looked at me and he had, I'll never forget his really blue, blue eyes with the widest, warmest smile said, my heart is open. And we just both breathe together. Wow. My heart is open. And then I continued, may you be free from suffering. May you be free from pain. And they took him away. And that was it. Wow. It was wow. such, such a profound meeting in a very deep place in a matter of seconds hmm. to drop there. He must have already been there. I don't know. But it, it just uh, continues to remind me that it's full of mystery, full of awe, and full of wonder. And it doesn't rely on, on length of time or um, you know, proper assessments or it, none of that right. took place. Yeah. Really, none of it. There was no opportunity. Yeah. It just went 
right into that deep place. Yeah. I so love that, that because you, yeah, you're really tying into the fact that, you know, and like, I like how you said, no time for assessment, no, no time for, but in the same sense, just this, there is a mystery to the work of spiritual care, right? Yeah. And I think that's important to mm -hmm. remember, especially for students, right? We, mm -hmm. uh, I'll speak for myself, I guess, but um, you know, you hear a didactic on this or you read a book on that <laughs> and, and then you sway off to that end and over yeah. here. And, and, and I know that that's normal. You, you get uh, things move you, but um, to remember that the work of spiritual care, and especially, you know, the idea, I loved how you said providing a poem or a blessing is also in a sense that expressive form of care and um, to know that 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 can connect like if you would have just said to him you know how's your sources of support and how are you doing like you know what I mean like yeah. talk to him about those but that blessing for that moment uh, that connected right that connected yeah. and and yeah. Um, yeah that's that's the part of our work yeah and yeah. I love how you said earlier, sometimes it works, sometimes <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> and that's okay, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's beyond it's beyond our 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 need for controlling any of that. Like it's right. it's part of our non-attachment to the outcome mm -hmm. in a way. Right. Right. We that, stand uh, we stand as people within the system that are not always trying to have the outcome in mind because sometimes yeah. the outcome it's the journey that is important for yeah. our patients, right? Yeah. 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 Wow. yeah. And that's the creative, the creative uh, expressive arts is all about the journey. Right. Right. So it's, it's, yeah. And chaplaincy is all about the journey. There's that overlap again. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. Wonderful. So yeah, I've got lots of, lots of, lots of stories I could tell you, but I don't know. That, that's the one that kind of jumped out to you. That was the one that came to my mind first. Yeah. Good. I'm not even sure how long ago it was some time ago. Yeah. But I just, that image of his blue eyes and warm face, warm smile. And, and there was such a piece of, of this. Yeah. Anyway, hmm. don't need to go back again. <laughs> no, that's wonderful. Well, this last question we've talked, we've touched a little bit about it, but I would love to hear um, some more is, you know, you've obviously been influenced. You've said over 11 years now, you've been exploring this area of spiritual care, which I think is fantastic. And so I wonder if you might share with us, you know, I know you mentioned a few places you've already gone to, to learn more and, and you might, maybe you could share those with me and I could share it with the listeners as well, but it's always nice to hear where you can go to learn more about it. So, you know, who or what um, do you, <laughs> has really influenced the way you provide spiritual care to others? Yeah. So there, I had, I had two, I had two things to say that I thought of one, one is that I, I've been really, really fortunate to work with the team of the same people for, for, you know, 13, 14 years. Mm -hmm. And so um, I have learned from each one of them something right. really, really important that has influenced me and, and um, yeah, inspired me over the years. So, I, you know, I couldn't find one person, but when I thought about, well, who or what has shaped me the most, I would say it would be the team that I was working with, have been working with. Very, very fortunate about that. And then, and then, um, uh, the other, the other thing that, and it has come through the expressive arts training for sure. And, um, it's reflected in this book. 
the presence and process in expressive arts work yeah at the edge of wonder yeah we'll have to i'll get i'll get all that information too. Yeah. yeah yeah because what it talks about um it spends sort of a whole chapter on what presence is hmm. which is of course right up our our field of expertise right that that depth of presence and the mindfulness to know our own selves and our contemplative nature and how we are and uh, how we notice things how we're mindful like so it it it's got a whole it had a whole big chapter on on that uh, the um the caring deep receptive way of being mm. presence right sounds like a chaplain right it sounds like a chaplain. just yeah. like a chaplain the next big chapter was on uh acknowledging that it's uh how we need to be is relational so you've got this beautiful presence that's calm and attentive and caring and kind and it's in relationship hmm. with another person right and uh talks about nurturing that relationship and the intimacy then within our own self for the other person with their own self, their relationships with people and that which is bigger with us beyond us. So that sounds a bit like a lot like chaplaincy, right? Right. Yeah. And then came the third chapter. And this was where I was so very excited because I don't think that in my training, I got a lot of attention to this. I mean, we do trust the process, right? Mm -hmm. That phrase is used all over the place. And yes, I had to trust the process. The, the vignette I spoke about with the man with cancer, I was trusting mm -hmm. this impulse to say a blessing for sure. But they talk in this book, this another big, huge chapter about what a process-oriented focus actually looks like and how it intersects with presence. And mm. that's because, of course, we are in time. Right. So we have this wonderful presence. It's relational to another person. And both of us are in time moving. Right. And so things change. Mm. Things change. So some of the words would be, we're open to the flow of the client's own heart. We have a deep respect for what is emerging in me moment to moment in the middle of this conversation. We have a deep respect for what's coming for the other moment by moment. And then there's this space in between us hmm. that's also moving. So for me, it was so um, interesting to get a vocabulary. Someone who's really examined that fine tuning way of being in process that uh, it's, it just really has, has influenced um, my understanding of what I do and my own efforts to be more attuned to how things are in time mm. as they move uh, yeah. at a deep level, you know, so that, that deep play can be deep nurturing or right. all of those things. Yeah. Wow. Which I yeah. love because boy oh boy when you're in the hospital not always but for many of our patients i mean t time is ticking by very slowly mm -hmm. and yet at the very ironically very fast because mm -hmm. they their whole world could change with one 
doctor coming through the door with a new diagnosis or a new change. Right. So, you know, it's time is such an interesting thing in. And so to come in, like you said, with presence and with relational and then being aware of that time is, yeah, I I really like that language that that helps to really frame how we enter into these moments and to provide what I hear is using the, these creative forms to capture what's all going on, you know, by through this relational dialogue and this, this this sharing together of the time where we have with a patient invites them. And to me, I just think that's such a celebratory, playful uh, invitation. And I know we still need to do assessment and we still need to, you know, there's, those things are still important, but to know that there's maybe a bit of a playful side to an SHP as well, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. because it's in that, mm-hmm. in that expression of our, of that we can work together to find yeah, new meaning. Yeah. And like you said, go deep, right? Yeah. Yeah. I remember um, supporting, being asked to support a patient who had uh, bone cancer and she was on our orthopedic um, unit in order to have surgery in one of her limbs. I don't remember what it was. And she'd been there actually quite a few times before and had different surgeries before. But when I was visiting her, so that's what I came with. Okay, so that's, that's her story. And uh, this time around, she, she wasn't feeling uh, uh, that she was as strong as she was before. And in fact, she, she, she was in great despair, because she did not think that uh, she was going to go through the surgery, and that this would mean that her time was coming to a close. And she, she didn't even know if she wanted to wake up in the mornings. Mm. And so, so that was happening in the time, right? With my presence and relationship. And right at that moment, it just occurred to me because I was listening to, well, what would you want to wake up to? What would you want to wow. see? Was there anything that you could see? And, you know, she had an answer. Children. Mm. I'd like to see children. And so then I said, well, I can go and find some images of children let me do that. And I did, I went to the internet and I just printed off children doing different things. And, and I came back and brought a, you know, brought a bunch. And then she was still in bed, not getting up much. And I said, which ones, which ones should we put? So you can see how, how the, the focus was back to her, mm-hmm. what was going to nurture her. Mm-hmm. And it was playful for her in yeah. a very muted way, but it was still, it was an opening up of some joy as she picked, oh, that one. I used to do that when I was a kid. Or, oh, I loved watching that, you know? Right. And, and so we put them all over her wall. And that's what I think she, she died in about three or four days after I had done that. But I knew that whenever she was alert and awake, she would be seeing those images and recalling that, uh, that strength and joy that they, that, that recalled to her, brought back to her mind. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. Well, the minute you said that, even when you said the statement, she said, um, I used to do that as a kid. I went right back to something I did as a kid, like in the moment, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. and just it's, it, there is strength there, right? There's, yeah. there's, yeah. you know, and, and they've talked about that with, you know, even with people who are dying, if you can bring them into a memory of uh, something going back into something that can take them away from that pain or that suffering for yeah. a bit that can really yeah. minister to the, speak to them. Right. So yeah. I, yeah. I just, I think it's, it's so important that we understand. And I love what you said, 
as the world of, of chaplaincy and the world of spiritual care can learn mm-hmm. right from from the arts and yeah. to embrace that and to mm-hmm. let that become part of you and I probably the thing I've learned is is just like you said earlier try you know go yeah. explore you know yeah. and it may not yeah. resonate with you and that's fine but yes. try because it can be very it can really speak to you and then that can really help you yeah. in providing care for others yeah. in yeah. a creative way yeah yeah. Yeah, that's right. So there are there is a um a website called Abbey of the Arts. Okay. Uh which which is very intentional about uh combining the creative arts and then the contemplative way of being. So it 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 uh brings spirituality together with creative expression. Okay. So for me that was one of my go-tos uh at the beginning of this of my learning process. Took there's lots there are some free resources on on the web yeah. uh, as well as courses and workshops you can take but they've got stuff for free too so right. and and lots of information about it so that was that has been really really good I've been taking things over the years that by from the Abbey of the Arts okay. and then there are expressive arts programs uh, in Calgary there's one it's called the Prairie Institute of Expressive Arts Therapy okay um, and then uh, here at St. Stephen's there's a uh, uh, an instructor named Marcus Alexander, okay. who who will do a week long um, course. Uh, he's an expressive arts therapist and uh, professor, and um, so he does stuff around the world. But he will offer you know one course in the fall or one course in the in the in the springtime, right. using expressive arts in that way of teaching. So I've I've just um, audited them there a couple of times with him so they're 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 out there yeah I love it yeah yeah you've given us some I know for me it's like I want to continue to grow and it's nice to know a few places where you can start and yeah and of course as I mentioned in the intro you have a website uh, called it's riversedge.ca rivers heart rivers heart sorry thank you riversheart.ca and um, yeah (laughs) yeah and so wonderful to explore there too if they want to learn listeners want to learn more about what you have done mm-hmm. and what you're continuing to do and and um, as I said to you before we turned on the magical recording button um, <laughs> you quickly discover by going through your website how passionate it is for you it's not just a not just something that you thought oh I'm going to do this it, it's it's part yeah. of you it's it's yeah. something that you really believe in and so yeah. it's wonderful so yeah so yeah. Thank you so much for taking time yeah. out of your day today. To, oh, you're so welcome, Matthew. Yeah. It's been fun to talk with you and hear hear what your reflections are and what you're doing. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And, uh, well, thank be you. Be able to share a bit about what I am excited about. Yeah. Cool. It's true. Well, thank, thank you, you so much, Deb. Yeah, you're welcome. And thank you. Thanks for joining us for this episode of On Call. Just a note about today's episode, Deb mentioned a number of resources which I've included in today's show notes. Make sure to check them out, including her website, riversheart.ca. I hope you'll join me next time as we continue to interview health practitioners about their unique perspectives into this dynamic field. See you next time.